y'all. It's time for another episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. Today, we will hear reviews of Corrosion, Mini Rogue, and a classic Neo Geo card game that is now on the Nintendo Switch. Plus, they give us highlights from the first virtual RDT in Con. Nope, sorry guys. That's all we got. Hello, welcome to another episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. The title of this episode is Stratego. My name is Marty. I'm Tony. I'm an Iron Maiden fan. Are you? I don't know this song, so I thought maybe it was a deep cut. So I immediately went to YouTube. Come to find out, that's from a new album they just released several months ago. So I said, I got to hear this. And I like listen to half the song. And you're probably like, would you hurry up and record? No, it's good. What's amazing to me is Bruce Dickinson, back about six, seven years ago, had throat and tongue cancer and uh, had to have surgery on it. And you can tell that his tone is a tad different, but it's still Bruce Dickinson and after going through that, he sounds amazing. It's too bad we don't video these podcasts because we were both just headbanging as we were both listening to it. We're going, bah, bah. yeah, baby, go. It's the classic Iron Maiden galloping sound. If you're an Iron mm-hmm. Maiden fan, there's a dun 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 that they do in a lot of their songs that has that. I tell you, y'all, if you, if you want to watch something really entertaining, go watch reaction videos from like vocal coaches when and they go and listen to Iron Maiden for the mm-hmm. first time. Uh, they are blown away by Bruce Dickinson's range and tone and everything. And, the, and they go back and what they do is they listen to live uh, albums, not stuff that's recorded in the studio, but live albums so you can get the pure sound of what he sounded like. And some of them are just blown away about how good his voice is. That guy can sing and he's a pilot. Okay. Well, good. So he can fly a plane too. <laughs> I think we'd actually talked about this before. We've done Iron Maiden before, so this isn't the first time I've uh, gushed over Bruce Dickinson. But anyway. And, and there's three things that link into the song. Uh, first off, Stratego, strategy, board games. That's a We're not Stratego. talking about the Stratego board game, though. If I were to do a top 10 classics from when I was a kid, that would be number one. Really? Yes. Get this. I've never played Stratego. That's fine. It's only a two-player game, so that's easy to see. We played it all the time. I mean, surround your flag with bombs. There's not much to it. It's very mm-hmm. simple, but you know, but I played it so much. It would it probably if I had if BGG existed back then and I actually recorded my plays, that'd probably be up in there in about the one hundreds in plays. I am excited though about a game that we're gonna uh, be playing at some point in time, I hope. Command and Colors Ancients. Mm-hmm. That's my first Command and Colors game to sit down and play. So I'm excited to play that with you sometime. I'm excited about that. The second reason for the for this, yes. Iron Maiden. We're going to be talking about a song that's got rust, iron. <laughs> it, it was a stretch. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. That's for the game, I assume, Corrosion from yes. Capstone Games we're going to be talking about. Very good. Very good. I like how you tie multiple things into your music choice. And then if you read the lyrics, Sister Tiga, I hear you calling my name. Come to claim my life again. Pray for me. I'm almost there. The pain almost too much to bear. We'll just let that just sit out there for what am I referencing here? Was it about the gameplay? Was it about something else that happened recently? Or it could just be about the whole show. The pain is almost too much to bear. <laughs> That's a fair, fair. Oh, hey, we we're recording this about a week after we had our first initial RDTN con. This was a virtual con that we ran over in our Discord channel. 
A big thanks to Ben who helped run this for us. And to me, Tony, this was kind of like a, of a test run to see, is this something people would enjoy doing when they come and participate? And I was really surprised by how many came and participated in some of our events. We kicked off the event with our good friend Tim, who runs Codenames Live, a brilliant show over on Twitch that we've been on a couple times. He ran a show for you and me uh, teamed up against Ignacy and Danielle from Portal. Tim, great job. Thank you so much. And he's promised, he may not keep it, and I won't hold him to it, but he's promised that we are in the lineup for 2022. And it's season four. We don't know who's going to go against the champs, but bring it on. We're ready. <laughs> well, as, as in typical form in this game <laughs> against Portal, we only played one regular game. Tony and I won. It's in the lightning rounds where we tend to choke, or I choke, and uh, Portal won both of those lightning round games. Well, the assassin came out. You sit there, and you're like listening to your partner say these words, and you're like, you're there. Push the freaking button. Just <laughs> do it. Oh, oh, it, jewelry. It's got to be lock, as in a locket, or just a lock. You know, isn't that what it? And then you talked yourself out of it. I read the chat like, and they talked me into something. I, I don't know. I had it. Don't read the chat. You know me better than the chat knows me. <laughs> so I was right on top of it. Lock, lock it. Okay. And that would have actually won us the game. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there. Okay. Let's go with something about a wall, a river lock, you know, or, a, you know, a lock that keeps like, you know, down at, uh, oh, I don't know, the Panama Canal or something like that. And Marty's over there. Hmm. Oh, one of the word was river that was in there. And you go, oh, it's a river wall. And everybody in the chat's going, no, that's a river bank. Why are you saying river wall for? I'm like, oh. oh don't, and they're like rivers and they have like levees and they have walls or something. I don't know. It was a bad stretch. It was, your clue was correct. I just never put a lock in a river. Perfect sense. It just, one of those things just didn't come to me. And that's and how people, and we've talked about this, about, you know, five degrees of separation, how people will think of these things and talk a little bit later about Codenames Duet online, but your RDTN con, that was a great way to kick it off. Having Ignacio on, thank him so much. Yeah. I think he had to go watch volleyball and he ran out of there. I did not get to participate in it because of what was going on here in the Carolinas. And that was a snow snowstorm for the mm -hmm. Carolinas. That means anywhere from an inch to three people are like an inch. Yeah, that's a snowstorm people trust us. But what else? Uh, we had a lot of special people do. We had uh, thunder road vendetta. I got to sit and play a game of thunder road vendetta with Justin Jacobson, the CEO of restoration games, teaching the, the court, the course. Wow. What is this college uh, demoing the game and me along with three other players. And I ended up winning uh, even though people kept trying to gang up on me Mm -hmm. It didn't work, ended up winning, but it captures the flavor and the flair of the original Tony. I really think that you're going to like it. Uh, they've added in this concept of like uh, actions that you could take. When you roll your dice, you assign your dice to your different cars to move them a certain number of spaces on the board. The extra dice you have left over, you can use to activate an ability. Uh, maybe it's an ability to where you can... When you uh, make your move, you can actually go through spaces with cars in them. You can swerve around them. And usually you can't go through spaces with cars. Or right. maybe it's activate your helicopter. Come out. You, remember, you got to do the little special effect and everything. Well, you got well, you got to fly the helicopter. Not, and then the guns. 
Ah, uh, yes. So if you have a special effect where you have to hit the yoing yoing sound when you hit the <laughs> for those who don't know so go look at a 1960 was it 60s the speed racer i don't remember it's not oh worth, yeah oh, really <laughs> that's right i forgot about that and then there's a couple and one of them is repair uh, i think you had to roll like a six if you did mm-hmm. you could spend a six in order to repair your car so uh those mechanics are in there and then there's some others that can be added through expansions we just played the base game you know what it was chaotic it was fun it'll be even more fun on the table uh, when you're getting to move the cars around yourself. This is coming out on Kickstarter. It will have already started on Kickstarter by the time this show comes out. So please go check it out, y'all. It is going to be a fun family game and is very reasonably priced too. And every time I bring out the core or the, the original, there's mm-hmm. always somebody, whoever plays the game with me and I teach them the game, they're like, this is stupid. But I go, it's stupid fun. And sure enough, by the time they are done playing it, they've got stories Games that, you know, board games that tell stories. Imagine that. That's a tagline somewhere. I still remember the time we went to Atlanta, Matt Ignacy there, and um, Steve Avery brought it out on mm-hmm. the table. And the four of us were playing, and I rolled those sixes. I st- that's what makes me, those simple games, great when those mm-hmm. things happen. We can go back. Yeah, strike. The strike tournament. There are times in the strike tournament that we will remember just for like, oh, you remember that virtual one where Chaz rolled everything and he was out in the first round? Oh, we all remember that. So that's yep. what I, I love about that. So who, who else showed up on the show while I was busy calculating outages? Uh, so by the way, uh, it's not only the us that played, but we had about six or seven other people jumping in just to watch. So uh, again, a big success. That demo was a huge success. Thanks for those who jumped in. And uh, he, I think he could have a room up to 10 people. And I think we maxed out the room. Uh, which was great for the people that could watch. Uh, Then afterwards, we also maxed out the room for David Thompson, who came in and taught Undaunted Reinforcements, which we covered the last show. That one I didn't participate in since I played. Other people's wanted to sit, other people's, (laughs) other people wanted to sit and play. So uh, they sat down, he taught them. On our last show, we talked about how our game took forever. They finished their game with teaching in under 60 minutes. It just goes to show you, we aren't very good Tatis, sure, yeah. What is it? What's the word? What What is the noun? Strategicians. But what if you're a tactical person? Tactician, tactician. Wow. tactions. Wow. Tacticians. Anyway, we aren't very good at that, and obviously not very good at English either. So that was an amazing job that he came in and taught that game, and it went over very well too. People were asking. It's hard to find the base games of Normandy and North Africa. I reached out to Osprey. They said they are there. They're in the warehouse. They're getting out there. They're just slow, but trust me. They said keep looking in your local game stores and online because they are coming. And I recently saw a miniature market had them reposted as in, in back in stock. I need to, I, I still have uh, North Africa. I would probably reinforcements. I don't have the need to play four players, but mm. I've always wanted to go back and get Normandy. I watched this on Paul Grogan. He was, he had Thompson and he had Digby, Churchky and Trevor Benjamin. Mm. Yep. He actually had, he had three Davids and, Everybody says, it's too bad you couldn't found another David. I would have volunteered in a heartbeat. <laughs> so I'm watching them play, and there was a discussion in the chat. And <laughs> it's funny. You said English language is hard. And when you read rules, it is also sometimes hard. It's the control action. I was getting into a heated debate on the um, chat, and I just finally bow- bowed out. I said, okay, I'm either misreading the rules. Hopefully, Paul can ask David. 
and see what it, it is. And it's about how to claim control of a tile. Because as I was reading through them, I was like, there's nothing that says you have to clear the enemy off the tile. If they don't have control, you can flip control if you're there. And in, in this game, you, you, you have a unit on the tile, you play, you do the control action, and then you can flip the token so that you now have control. Okay. That's how you do it. Sure. And then if they have a unit there and they don't have control in the rules, clear as mud there on page five, it says if, if someone is there and they don't have control, you can flip the tile. I'm like, okay. Correct. Yep. And then the rule also states that you can flip, if they do have control, you can flip it back over so they no longer have control. Correct. There's a stipulation there. What's the stipulation? They cannot have a unit in that tile. For me to flip it? Not to my Correct. control. Let's put out the scenario. Okay, you're playing me. Mm-hmm. You come into my tile. I have control of the tile right now, okay? Mm-hmm. You have a unit. I have a unit. Okay, we both have a unit in the tile. I have control. You must first somehow get rid of my unit before you can take control of that tile. It doesn't say that anywhere. No, it does. You've got to read the rules clearly. And I sent this to you the other day. Can you quote what the rule is exactly? And I'm saying this with confidence because before we got on, I just had a discussion with David Thompson because I knew this was coming up. So this is clarified from David Thompson. And I'm glad you did that because I was like, no, when I read the rules, control. Take control of a tile that a unit counter is on by flipping the control marker to its controlled side. You perform that action. Yeah. Opponent controls that tile, flip their control marker back to its scouted side. Yep. And you take control of it. Yes. If your opponent controls, no. Ah, here's the sentence. Read. But but hold on. Before I get there, if your opponent controls the tile, flip their control marker back to its scouted side. Correct. I'm I'm not taking control. No, you are. It's all one action. David verified this action also. If you're the only unit in that tile and somebody else has control of it, with one action, you get to flip their control marker to scouted you're scouted to control in one action. It does not take two. There was my misunderstanding. And he actually said, I think there's his misunderstanding that he believes that you think it takes two steps. You must take it from control to scouted, then do it again to flip yours from scouted to control. It all happens simultaneously with one action. Then why did they break it up in separate lines? (laughs) Formatting is key. (laughs) I have been preaching for six years on this podcast. We've been doing this for nine. <laughs> Flow charts are amazing. <laughs> I mean, this would have been a simple flowchart right here. If your opponent controls the tile, flip their control marker back to his scouted side. That was a completely separate sentence with spacing between the two sentences in the rule book. It looks like, like individual dots. I, I, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm fine being wrong. So let me, let me just clarify by just listening. So in the rules, the next sentence that Tony did not read says, if your opponent controls that tile and has a unit, you cannot take control of that tile. This means you can take control of a tile where your opponent has a unit, but only if they do not already control a tile. I agree. That is an example or bullet points would have been better. And if then, you know, it, if your opponent controls a tile, and they do not have a unit there, you can take control of it. If your opponent is in a tile, and you're in a tile, and they do not have control, 
You can take control of it. There's the two things. And it only takes one action to flip it from their control to your control as long as a unit is not there. I totally agree with you that I had to read this three or four times. But if you somewhat read between the lines, if you don't If you do, anything, you read blanks well, no, between the lines. If, if, if you don't add anything else to the rules, don't make up stuff. Do it just as it says. It works. But I understand your confusion. And if you read it the way I, I didn't make up anything, <laughs> nowhere does it say, and I guess maybe that's, I've got a scout token there and you have a scout token there because I can't move in there unless I have a scout token. Yeah. You couldn't even be there unless it was scouted. Correct. But where is the control marker? Is it on the back of the scout? Yes. That's the confusion. We both have two markers there. Right. All they had to do, if, if one sentence that you had quoted right there had said, if they do not have a unit there and control it, you may flip theirs and flip yours. You know, something that would yeah. have clarified that, but not making up any rules, not convoluting it. If your opponent controls that tile, flip their control marker back to its scouted side. I totally agree with you. And we're probably spending too long on this, but. Okay. You want me to hit the buzzer? Should we hit the buzzer? No, no. Almost. So just the first sentence here. Take control of that unit's combat counter by flipping the control marker to its controlled side. Stop. I'm going to take my control marker, flip it to the controlled side. Next sentence. If by chance your opponent controls that <laughs> tile, then flip theirs to the scouted side. So you've already flipped yours to controlled. Now you're flipping theirs to scouted. Oh, but wait. Erase all that if there happens to be a case where there's a unit there and they control the tile, you can't do above the above things. I agree. Personally, I would have written it differently and made that the first condition. If they have a unit and control, you can't take the control action at all. Full stop. Right. I hope somebody invents someday an application on a computer that allows you to put in bullets, numbering steps, Things like that. I mean, someday, I hope things like that get invented so that we can actually, without discussion, argument, misunderstanding, you know, see this. Or a tool that allows you to draw funny shapes that lets you, I don't know, diagram this stuff out. It's just silly. It, and that's it. The last thing we did for RDT and Con was we had our Jelly Belly uh, Hot Pepper Challenge, five, the Fiverr Challenge, where there's the Jelly Belly's flavored like five different peppers. Now, Tony, you were not thrilled about doing this. You said, I regret doing this. I do not like hot stuff. So you were somewhat apprehensive coming into this event, along with Rob Roush from Blue Peg Pink Pig. This is not my jam. Well, it was jelly beans. And uh, Ben, who was the host of the show, gave us some uh, questions that he was going to ask. We, we each had to <laughs> eat one, starting with the what should have been the mildest, which was sriracha, but it seems like that maybe you and Rob got those confused and actually jumped straight to the end with the uh, Carolina Reaper. But but to your point, before we started, the Sriracha and the Ghost Reapers. Carolina Reaper. They, Carolina Reaper. They were both red. The Carolina Reaper, Ghost Reaper, whatever, Carolina Reaper are supposed to have more specs. And I checked my Sriracha, making sure it had no specs on it. I don't know if I did or didn't, but it's neither here nor there. And the reason why I was laughing about this is when we were hosting it, Ben's questions, poor Ben. Thank you, Ben, for hosting that. His <laughs> questions were coming in with the answers. And it was like, 
<laughs> no. And here's what's funny. Rob wasn't seeing it. So we had a game going on to where uh, it was almost like wits and wagers. Here's a question. The person that gets closest does not have to eat an extra jelly bean of the flavor that we just had. So the answers were popping up. And Tony and I would know the answers and Rob wouldn't because he wasn't watching the stream. <laughs> Hey, if you're not prepared, not my fault. Don't blame me. That's true. We went through the gauntlet and the challenge was do not drink any water. However, I think Rob and probably you, Tony, you said you did, had a Carolina Reaper right off the bat and Rob was chugging some water. But uh, so he was already out. But you essentially had the Carolina Reaper. Then you went back and actually tried a Sriracha. Then it went up to Jalapeno, then Cayenne, then Habanera, which is actually pretty good. And then... uh, Carolina Reaper. And y'all, I must commend my good friend over here. He never once touched the water. He Mm -hmm. shrugged it all off. In fact, you ate like three of the Carolina Reapers and and didn't even wince once. Nope. Not a problem. And the habanero was excellent. Um, The only one I did not like was jalapeno. I just don't Mm. like the taste of them. And and it's not the heat. It's just the taste of a jalapeno. I I don't know why. It's just... It leaves a very bitter ma- taste in my mouth. And I was like, this is definitely jalapeno. And peppers will do that for certain people. Yeah. But we both went through the gauntlet and mm-hmm. didn't drink water until the end. I think I was actually sweating a little bit more than you were. And I eat more hot stuff. So if y'all want to do that, again, it's the uh, the Fiery Five Challenge from Bean Boozled. Uh, you can do that with your friends. It's not insanely hot. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was a good time with Rob. And uh, we had... Oh, we had a decent amount of people on that stream watching us and enjoying uh, their time with us, which was which was a lot of fun on our Twitch channel. So that was RDTN Con. Thanks for everybody who attended. And in fact, a lot of people were like, man, that went really well. Uh, they already coming up with ideas for the future. Maybe we do this maybe once a quarter, having some panels, some interesting panels. So somebody had an idea, and I thought it was brilliant, Tony, to actually get a real lawn professional to come on and give a panel on how to maintain your lawn. I thought, okay, that's pretty good. And get this, the Discord channel is like, actually, that would kind of be helpful for those of us that have lawns. I think I got a guy. I got a few guys I can Do talk you? about this. Yeah. I mean, I got various YouTube channels I watch, I got a feeling if I reach out to them, they would probably just do it for the fun. Okay. So some that of the things that they do, that would be a lot of a lot of fun. So yes, thank you, Ben. Thanks to everybody for attending the RDD, uh, RDTN Con. But like I said, I didn't get to participate because we had snow in the Carolinas mm-hmm. and a couple of things for you, sir. Sure. You know, when you and I were growing up, when it would snow, we would get snow days from school. Yes. Didn't have to go. It was awesome. You could put off the homework. You didn't have to worry about, you could study a little bit longer for a test, things like that. Do you have any sympathy for the kids of today? They don't get these anymore because of remote learning. 100% sympathy because we didn't have the benefit. Let's get fix this. Two years ago, the schools True. didn't have the benefit of remote learning, but I'm not going to thank COVID for this, but no. because of COVID, uh, basically everybody had to set up a way to do virtual learning or remote learning for their classroom. And because of that, now the school systems have a way to, oh, school day, just everybody do e-learning. Uh, my wife is a perfect example of that. For two days uh, last week, because we had some snow later in the week too, uh, she sat right here in this chair in uh, my office 
and led her class from right here. And it's like, I could do this here every day. It's like, you could, I wish they would just let you because she does a virtual class. She doesn't see anybody face to face, but she still has to go in regardless. Uh, yeah. I think school days are, uh, or snow days are a thing of the past. Yes, I agree. I feel for them. I hate it for them. I don't want to say virtual learning is the way to go because I do think in, in, um, person training is very good. Yep. Shoot, I, I look at yep. training that for our employees, um, all these CBTs, uh, computer-based trainings and things like that. Okay. I'm old. I need that personal touch. I need to hear that. I got, I get bored. I get distracted. You know, I, I'm having to take a two hour training f- for some team I've been put on and I'm, I'm running all over the place sitting here thinking, not listening to this, doing other things. I'm like, I, I commend our teachers yeah. for being able to do this and hold their attention. Yes. Uh, a lot of studies have shown, yes, face-to-face is way better. 100% agree with you. Hopefully things will get back to normal so kids can be back in school learning face-to-face because there is a definite benefit face-to-face. So the following weekend, we had another snowstorm here in the Carolinas. Actually, the beaches got hit. They got up to almost a quarter to a half an inch of ice. And for those of you who don't know, getting ice is never fun. Ice will mess you up big time. But we still got our weathermen. Oh, we're going to get a trace of snow here. I got two inches in my yard. Marty, you probably got more. I don't know how much you got. Yeah, we got about two to three inches. Yep. But the discussion on Undaunted Normandy just got my blood at the right level. <laughs> Somebody brought their freaking ATV uh. through my yard and trenched it because they thought it was going to be a fun thing to do. And I put on my clothes again. It was 1115 at night and I traced the tracks. I walked down that street trying to find it. And there were tracks all leading to this one house. Now, nobody was there. I saw the ATV in the garage and their garage door was open and the other people up the street, their garage door was open. I'm like, Hmm, they have some youngsters. Hmm. Hmm. But there was no proof. I couldn't matlock them. I couldn't do any of that. I had no way of proving that that ATV, I thought about calling up Grissom from CSI and see if he could get some casts done on the tire tracks. But yes, I spent all day yesterday repairing the ruts in my yard. No, you did have proof. You followed the tracks. The tracks are your proof, aren't they? That's because, according to that group, who immediately posted on the Facebook feed for the neighborhood, that, oh, we were out earlier up at the at the big parking lot where the pool is doing donuts and stuff. So it wasn't us. Ooh, that's st- that stuff. Right? See, this is why I don't want to live in a neighborhood. I want mm-hmm. to live out somewhere with no neighbors. I don't want to have to deal with junk like that because that stuff irritates me to no end here. Even when like the FedEx truck pulls up in the yard, it's like there's freaking sprinkler heads right there. Yes. Stop. Two things. One, I got to fix it. No big deal. It's a little work for me. But safety wise, I'm just glad they didn't hit any of the trees and get hurt. But I do like our Discord channel discussing it. I'm hearing that I need to put up in call <laughs> traps for the next snowstorm. I suggested maybe I'll put a filament line up. You mean cow traps? Cow traps? Call traps? Cow traps? Yeah, cow traps. Call traps? Yeah. Yeah. M- maybe maybe I'll put a punji uh, trap, you know, like Vietnam, where they had the little spikes in them. I don't know. But anyway, I'm tired of the snow, and you love the winter as much as I do. Which is mm-hmm. not a lot. Uh, yeah, speaking of Discord, hey, everybody, we have gotten an influx of people over the past couple of weeks, and we love it. I mean, the so many discussions going on right now, so many different channels from 
TVs to movies to launch a board game. We created a crowdfunding channel this past week that has really taken off. People just want to talk about a lot of the games that are coming out, a lot of great games coming out, including like Thunder Road, etc. So come by and please join our Discord channel. I, my goal for the year, I'd love to get over 500 members. We're about 350 now. So that's a pretty ambitious goal, I admit. But it'd be cool to get there. And it's just a, an amazing community. Zero drama, y'all. Zero drama. We don't want drama here. We've never had any drama. And there will never be any drama because that's the type of audience that y'all are. Y'all just want to come in. Talk about some silly stuff, talk about some games, and just kind of escape from everything and just have a good time. And that's what we offer. That's right. And I don't tolerate it. I'll boot your butt from the server so fast. We've never had to ban anybody. We've no, never I had won't, to talk but to I will. He I'll will. And we've never had we never had to pull somebody to the side to talk about anything. Everybody's on their amazing best behavior. A bunch of different people from all over the world chatting. It's, it's great. So just know that you're welcome in our Discord channel family-friendly, and everybody's really cool to each other. All right, exercise is done. Let's talk some games. Oh, but we have been. Dude, we talked about a lot. We spent like what felt like 30 minutes on a control rule for Undaunted. (laughs) (laughs) But that, yeah, but new games, new games. That's why people are here. No, they're not here for games. There's one game that's going to be coming out on Kickstarter. You guys may want to check out. Tony, have you ever played uh, Aeon's End? A-E-O-N-S End? A while ago, yes. And I even think I have the big box that I haven't opened up yet. I, God, oh, it's a shame of shelf. Very, very popular game, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's because it has a unique twist on uh, deck building. There's a new game coming out from Indie Boards and Cards called Astro Knights, which has similar mechanics to Aeon's End, but a little bit shorter. So the idea is you get that same feel of Aeon's End uh, except in a little bit shorter game in this game called Astral Knights. Deck building game where you have an individual character, you're co-oping, uh, working together against a big boss. Uh, you have a deck of cards that uh, will generate some energy. You can use that uh, energy to put additional slots on your character so that you can take weapons and put them in those slots that can be used next turn. At the beginning of a turn, you could do an attack against the boss and then you start playing um, out your cards. You can have special abilities that you can activate on your location or activate on the character that you're playing by spending that energy. You can go to the market and buy more cards, buy more weapons, etc. But Tony, here's the twist that's somewhat like Aeon's End in that when you discard cards to your discard pile, you could put them in whatever order that you want. And when your draw pile is empty, you do not shuffle your discard pile. You just flip it over. So the idea is that you build your deck that you're going to be playing the next time you go through it so that you can order cards in certain ways to make sure they get together. And at the end of your turn, you don't have to discard all the cards in your hand. So you may say, well, mm, I want to hold this to the next turn and then hope I draw into something else. And oh, cool. I got the little combos that I can put together, play them this turn, put them in my discord pile, and then I'll know that they next time I draw them, they'll be together. So I really, really like that. It removes a lot of the luck from the game. After you've gone through your deck once, then you have set the order the next time you go through it. Very interesting. I, I got kind of mixed feelings on that. You know, oh, I, really? like the, I, I like the randomness. You know, I enjoy that in a deck builder. You I do don't know like what's the, coming. Uh, yeah, huh. I do. Not knowing what's coming next. Having that unknown. Mm. Okay. Versus, okay, I've... I've set the order. And then the next time I go through it, it's a different order. Every deck building game is like that. That's why mm-hmm. I like something that's a little bit... Otherwise, to me, this would just be another deck builder game. 
What, exactly. what makes this yeah. stand out from anything else? That part's unique. Also unique is the variable player round. So you have a deck of cards that uh, when you flip over, it tells what player goes that turn. So you can have different players going first each round, which makes it a little bit different too. So you add all those things together. It's not your typical deck builder. Every time we cover a deck building game, right? We say, okay, draw five cards, play your cards, discard and shuffle, and then draw again, right? That eliminates that part and uh, makes something unique. So from that aspect, if you like Eon's End uh, and you want a little bit shorter game, Astronauts Kickstarter. If you've never uh, gotten into that and, and can't find a copy of, of that other game, then uh, Astronauts might be a way to kind of get into that if those mechanics sound interesting to you. So Marty, while I was waiting on the storm to hit this past weekend, and we are recording on the 23rd of January, PortalCon was happening over in far, 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 far away land. All right. I yes. could have, I, I was up, I was ready. I could have gone online and start watching the YouTube, but I got the recap later. Mm -hmm. Didn't understand a word the man was saying. <laughs> Not one word, <laughs> except occasionally there'd be a sprinkle of an English word in there. But I just love the energy that he has. Always have, always will. Ignacy, that's who I'm talking about for those of you who don't know. I, I hope there's a PortalCon 2022 uh, t-shirt. I think there is. I'm going to try to um, get me one of those and have that. I'd rather have a PortalCon shirt and then eventually get there and buy one. The big announcement that we would have, you would have geeked out over more than I would have, but if anybody can handle this and do it right, is Batman. He has announced that uh, they have been working with Warner Brothers in DC, and they're going to be bringing Batman to their detective series of games, which is a Perfect match because guess what? There's a Batman series of comics called Detective Comics. Yeah. Batman. Batman is considered the world's greatest detective. Batman. And in fact, in Batman the Animated Series, whenever Raz Ghoul was talking to him, he always addressed him as Detective. Okay. You say it, you want to do it twice? Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, so, I'm good after that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, Tony, this is what's been kind of missing from a lot of the movies is that you see a lot of the action and the fighting mm. and stuff, but you don't see a lot of him being a detective. And that's why I so appreciated the Batman, the animated series and some of the other animated shows. Like I just watched the one uh, Batman Long Halloween Night, which is full of him just basically solving a mystery. And so it works so well for Ignacy to be able to create a story involving Batman and using the detective rules of being able to solve a mystery where you're playing as characters in the Batman universe, going around, gathering clues and trying to solve a case. Now, of course, everything that we know is going to be in the press release. Everybody can read it. Yep. There is so much in Batman's world. Ignacy has a ton of stuff he can leverage. You, I guess one of the biggest hopes is without the fighting and all of that, that you feel like a true detective, that you mm. are solving these master cases, that you're not having to outthink the, well, no, you have to outthink the Joker. I don't have to beat the Joker up. You know, the interaction between those two characters, when I read the comics where I saw the animated series, that was more important to me than him punching someone. Battling the wits, those two going at each other. Oh, the Riddler. Riddler's a perfect example. Uh, Riddler of, too, can, can yeah. You, 
could you imagine in his cases, you get a clue and you get a rid- clue from the Riddler and you're trying to solve what oh, yeah. he's, you know, I mean, that's going to be amazing. So there's a, again, there's a press release for this. You can go out and uh, check it out and uh, just keep an eye on portals, uh, YouTube and uh, their uh, Twitter as, as more information comes out. What has been said is going to be on pre-order soon. Tony, what's crazy is this game's coming quick. This isn't like, oh, it's, it's years down the road. It goes on pre-order, what, in like early March? March 4th, yep. For what, 50 bucks? Sure. But then things can change. We recorded a Portal commercial with the name <laughs> of a game, and before we even got it published, that name changed. So we won't, we're going to assume, based on the, the press release, it's March 4th, we're going to assume that it is uh, about a $50 game rolling out, but things change. Don't quote us on it. And it will be released in spring of 2022. Again, this is all based on information that is right now on their website to keep up with any additional news and changes. Uh, continue out to the website to find out more. You know that boy's giddy. Ignacy, sorry. He's, he he's should be. Of- he's a big Batman fan. And finally, before we get out of this intro, uh, it's the beginning of the year and Games Workshop is kind of getting people primed for some new Warhammer 40k products. And they just recently uh, sent me over some stuff that uh, they wanted me to check out. Now, Tony, I, I don't play a lot of, of 40k, but it's one of those things of if you wanted to get into it, how do you get into it? Well, they have a new two-player starter set or a two-army starter set that just came out called Eldritch Omens. It's one of these uh, boxes that has, you know, some boards, terrain, rules, a couple armies in it. And it's just a great, great way to jump into the 40K uh, universe. Uh, They're coming out with some new, uh, like, starter packs of, if like, you want to get into the Tau, for example. These new boxes called Combat Patrols. Uh, which is basically a a set of a bunch of different models of different uh, types of uh, factions and everything. And those are going to be coming out. So in case you're already playing 40K or you want to extend some uh, units that you have, these new combat patrol boxes are going to be coming out. I believe they were called Start Collecting or something like that previously. But now uh, it's combat control. And, you know, Tony, 40K is the big big game that can last Mm -hmm. hours, right? Now, that's fine, but you you and I, we're, we're more the speed like, look, we've got like an hour to play. What can we do, right? The game that they have in the 40K universe is called Kill Team, and this has been out for a few years. So they just released a brand new Ooh. starter set called the Warhammer. I'm showing it to Tony. Uh, Warhammer 40K Kill Team starter set, which just has your good old basic Marines and Orcs. Like it should be. I mean, when you think of 40K, you think, up oh, orcs mm-hmm. and marines fighting each other, right? And that's exactly what this is. So it comes with obviously rules, two armies, some terrain. But the beauty of Kill Team is that it is a skirmish game, meaning skirmish mean fewer models, less time to play, which is really good for somebody totally like you and I, where we probably don't want to put 5,000 point armies on the table and spend three hours uh, pushing models around. Right. Measuring line of sight, obstruction, range effects, just roll some dice, kill some people. Let's go. (laughs) And that's what kind of kill team gets you into. It's Mm -hmm. closer quarters. You're going to be fighting quicker. You're going to be rolling dice quicker, eliminating units. So Tony, did you have a preference of one over the other 40 K over the fantasy stuff like age of Sigmar? I would be age of Sigmar. You would, even over the 40K stuff. Yeah. Over the 40K, yes. I, mean, I just wondered because you're a sci-fi fan, so I didn't know whether 
uh, you would lean that way in that world too. No, I, for some odd reason, orcs with jetpacks and things like that and AKs and uh, big heavy guns, that just doesn't set well with me. I want them to just have axes and sledgehammers and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, I, again, if it's like, man, I've always been interested in this whole 40K thing. New starter set, Eldritch Omens just came out, the perfect way to kind of get into the game. It's like, oh no, that's that's too much for me, too much. Can I just have something a little bit smaller than this new kill team uh, starter set is, is the way to go. And here's the thing, I'm hoping to get the kill team uh, assembled and put together, maybe play some time and talk about it uh, in the future. But these are just now coming up for pre-order or coming out now. I have to, they have release date, different release dates on some of these things. And uh, they were kind enough to send me over a couple of these boxes just to show, hey, if you want to get into the hobby, this is the time to do it. And I don't know if you saw, Tony, but in 2021, again, GW killed it with the amount of money they are making. A lot of people during the pandemic said, you know what? I'm at least going to be buying a bunch of stuff so I can have everything painted up and ready to go so that when the stores open up and we can get back together, I'm ready to throw some dice down on the table and push the models around the board. Good for them. I miss painting. That that was therapeutic when we used to paint models. Maybe again, maybe in the future. Yeah, that would be great. PortalCon just happened. Did you catch any of it? Or are you like me, you just sat there and watched the YouTube screen said, ooh, that looks good. Ooh, I can't wait for that to happen. Wait, a- a- unless you spoke Polish, it wasn't going to mean anything. Well, I was hoping for transcripts, and I'm trying to do my best <laughs> Batman voice, and it's not working very well. We've already talked about it. Batman, March 4th-ish time frame. Save up your money. You know you're going to want it. I know I'm going to want it. So that's very important for me to definitely budget accordingly. I'm very excited. Gutenberg's going on right now. <sighs> Marty, he's got a lot of stuff hitting right now. Kickstarter for 51st State. Ignacy is in my wallet. Ignacy, get out of my wallet, dude. Come on now. <laughs> You're hurting me bad. Oh, my heavens. And what's nice about Detective or the Batman Detective and Gutenberg is those are pre-orders coming soon. Mm-hmm. The 51st State Ultimate Edition is on GameFound, so you'll be getting that later. But it's like, I'm itching for games right now. Well, they're going to be coming up in the springtime for sure. So Gutenberg and the new Batman Detective style game will be coming. And then, obviously, uh, Tony and I are big fans of 51st State and what is it, Ignacy uh, called the expansion? Was it No Man's Land? That's what no was changed land. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no Man's, no Man's land. land, which we already have 51st State. We're good there, but I definitely want the No Man's Land expansion. For all that information, for all the news, for all the stuff that is making you go inside your wallet because Ignacy needs that support. I don't know if you saw on the um, YouTube stream that he did, he brought up you know the whole Portal games. And the one thing we didn't announce, and we'll... I'll leave it for the outro. We'll just leave it there. We'll just we'll just put this little tease here in the commercial. Oh, you're going to make them listen all the way through to the end of the episode. Interesting. It's not like they're paying attention right now. But it is a Portal Games commercial, so you should be paying attention. But anyway, head over to portalgames.pl and then click on all the links over there. It'll take you to all the important stuff you need to know. Portal Games, they're going to kill it in 2022. Capstone was hitting it out of the park with their railroad game. And we were very excited when they announced the game Corrosion, 
by Stefan Bauer. Because the initial press release, we saw an engine. We saw, it's not a rondelle, Marty. It's a spinny thing. We were like, okay, all right. You're right. It's not a rondelle. It's a spinny thing. Wow. It is. That's what I call it. It's a spinny uh, thing. Yeah, okay, sure. A spinny thing. It's a cardboard wheel that you turn on your play mat. Spinny right. thing. It's a spinny thing. Technical terms will be the death of me yet. So corrosion. Mm-hmm. Basic. Get the most victory points. Every game starts out like that with you. Well, I need to know my objective. I have a okay. problem. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So we start at the very end. What's your goal? Get victory points. How do you get those victory points, though, is the thing, I think, here? It's not at the end. If you read the rule book, which multi- we did multiple times, <laughs> um, it was right there at the front. Get victory points. Okay, yeah. How do I get those victory points? That's where we are. So I will say this, Marty. The buzzer is locked and loaded. You've already tested it earlier in the show. I'm ready to buzz you on this one. Mm. Lots of rules. But I guess it boils down to something simple. It does boil down something simple. Everybody starts with a deck of cards, which is made up of engineers. Everybody has the same engineers, except they have uh, values and suits on them. The suits on them are, are just colors. And on your turn, you're going to do one of two things. Play an engineer or rotate that wheel. So, so Tony, how can you explain this? So the wheel is breaking up into four quadrants, and they're numbered one, two, three, and X, right? Mm-hmm. The spinny thing. The, sp- the spinny thing. <laughs> and on each side of the, the player board, there are spots that you can put things like the uh, machines that you're going to buy over the course of the game. And there's three different types of machines. Around that wheel, there's two types of machines. The turning machine, which activates every time you turn the wheel. And then the one-shot machine, which only activates when you rotate the wheel. And the X is on the side where that machine is, right? Yes. And then the only other machine is there's these special what's called chrome machines, which are off to the side. They're always there. They will typically activate basically when you rotate the wheel. Some of them are a little bit different, but those aren't going to go away, Tony, like the others, right? These other machines you built, you're going to build them and they just disappear. I mean, that's what happens with machines, right? They just break down, they tear up, and then you have to make another one. That's right. They corrode. Corrosion. Oh, I get it. They rust. They go away. Yes, absolutely. Except unless they're chrome and then they stay on. Now, also, your chrome machines, you're limited as to the number that are active at any Mm. time. You can have up to three. Yep. And they all have special functions. But really, this game is about getting a special combo to happen as the wheel, as the spinny thing spins. Yeah, as the spinny thing. Yeah, that's a good way. So it was like, well, Marty, what's? how do you get those things to put around to activate when the spinny thing thins? So these engineers that you have, they do several functions. One of the things you do on your turn is you play an engineer. Uh, that engineer could get you gears. There's like a, there's three different types of gears. There's a, a, a chrome, nice shiny gear that never rusts. And then a small gear and a medium gear. The small and medium gear, they go always go where the number three is on the wheel, whichever side that it is. And so you could play an engineer to get a gear. You could play an engineer to heat up water. You start up with the furnace. You got to heat up the water to make steam because you need steam, right? So one thing is like, okay, you can uh, heat up some water, make some steam. Steam is as a resource that you use to build machines along with the gears uh, that you'll be able to do. You can claim one of those 
types of machines that's out there. It's like, I'm going to claim a turning machine, that thing that happens every time it turns, or I'm going to claim a one-shot machine, or I'm going to claim a Chrome machine, or I'm going to claim a brand new engineer. There's a whole market out in the middle of the table that you can claim these things from. That's what most of the engineers do, Tony. But Tony, it's this during this part of the phase, which I thought was really interesting because it does keep the game moving quickly for other players. Because if at any time they play an engineer and it has an action that you would like to perform, as long as you have an engineer of the same suit, color, that is higher educated, more educated, their number's more, then you can copy the <laughs> action they could. more. <laughs> It's not like their number's higher. It's like their number's more. Yeah, it's not equal to. It has to be greater than. Yeah. There's no equal sign underneath that greater than. So if you do that, then your engineer can do that same action. So there's, it's not like a downtime of waiting to play your engineers. You can always copy someone if you have that suit color and your engineer is greater. However, as we found out, the bigger the number the more special thing they can do, like get more engineers or get the Chrome machines. They're the ones that you kind of, it, Ooh, it's not as, yeah, I don't, do I want to waste this one to go heat up water, but I really need right. it when my time comes. So yeah. that's, that's important. That's one of the things that I enjoy about these types of games when I can do something while you're doing your turn. I've always loved games like that. Simultaneous player action, somewhat simultaneous. Like you do something, but I get to do something in my turn. And what's good about that, it's hard to find time to go to the bathroom or go get your drink refill because it's like, crap, I, I need to stay around here in case I want to copy somebody. But also the thing about the engineers is like whenever you collect the medium and small gears and the machines that you collect, they always go on the side of the wheel where the three is pointing at that time. The engineers are a little bit different. They always go wherever their value is showing on that wheel. So if I play an engineer of value one, they go on the side of the board uh, where the one is pointing to at that time. If it's a two, it goes to where the two is, etc. What's important about that, Tony, is when that X rotates to a side where you have some gears or some engineers or machines, at the very end of that turn, you clear that whole side. If you didn't use those gears to make your machines, then they're going to rust away. They're gone. It's the, But it's the way you get engineer cards back into your hands. And it's going to clear out any machines that were there. But here's the thing, Tony, is that just because I claim a machine doesn't mean I can use a machine, right? And you have to build the machine first. Correct. And how do we do that? By spending resources. Come on, that's what it is. <laughs> it's a free action. There's nothing special about that. One of the free actions you can do on your turn is basically uh, each of the machines have a cost. This one costs two of this, one of this, and two of this, and one steam. You pay that cost. You basically get to flip that machine over. It's now ready to be activated. Mm -hmm. So if it's a one shot, anytime that uh, the X gets to that side, you get to activate the machine. If it's a Chrome machine, they will always be on and ready to go. So Yes, you have the blueprints, Tony, but you got to get the right resources to actually build the thing. Right. I'm getting ready to buzz you. Anything else you want to talk about the rules? I mean no, one more thing. Sorry. One of the things you could do is play an engineer. The other action you could do is actually rotate the wheel. And that's really how you start your engine running, correct? When yes. you rotate the reel, you go around and make sure to activate in any order that you want, any turning machines that you have. 
And these machines do different things for you. They may give you some additional gears. They may heat up some water. They may give you uh, some other benefits. They all act differently. The side that the X is on now after you rotate, any one-shot machines that have been turned on and built activate, and any chrome machines built, and you activate again those in any order. And Tony, this is where you like the combos, right? If you can get mm -hmm. those machines to combo off each other, it might be a way to generate more resources and actually more valuable victory points potentially. Yes. So a couple points done with the rules here from my standpoint, because there's there, there's four steps in your turn. You've got a, you've got this maintenance phase. You've got to do your main action on a maintenance phase again, and then a cleanup. So I mean, when you listen to us, you're you're like, well, how's that going? It's not that big of a deal. You go you 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 flow chart it. You go step by step by step. But I think what's important that for me in this game when I was playing it was always knowing how to plan out my action when it comes to when do I get this machine built? When do I make this engineer come back into my hand? Because there's a way to move the engineers around the spinny thing by spending water, by, by, by cooling off water. Oh, oh, that's a good point. So you can actually pull the machines oh yeah, basically counterclockwise. Mm -hmm. in order to get those to trigger sooner or, like you said, get engineers back in your hand. Right. So that's the other free action you can do. So that's where the strategy is. It's how do you get these machines built, how to get these engineers back in your hand. Because after you play them, you know, the only way to get them, we talked about how you get them back in your hand. By the way, any engineer you purchase immediately goes into your hand. That's a very important rule to, mm -hmm. to remember. It doesn't go down on the board. And I think a lot of that will sometimes create an AP for people, especially if you're planning on your turn to go out and purchase a machine or purchase an engineer, then someone else takes it. And you're like, oh crap, now what do I do? You know, that whole process, you have to rethink that and it may get to you very quickly. And also I found myself as I'm thinking through this, oh, do you want to copy this? Do you want to copy this? Just leave me alone. I'm thinking about my turn. Okay. I'll get back to you here in a second. Uh, for, so for me, I think that was probably one of the um, other highlights in the game. It's one of those things where I am always thinking how to maximize my turn. But it was also a negative for me because I never felt like I had a good plan. Mm. Okay. It was one of those, is this really what I want to do? Is this what I really want to happen? Because when that X gets around and corrodes all those machines, there's that stress. I even, even for me, and I, I'm stress free. I'm stressing over I just purchased this machine. How am I going to get built in time? Oh my gosh. How am I going to get the gears? It, it did. It created a little stress for me. You probably didn't feel that stress. I did. There's a lot of literally moving parts in this <gasps> game. Uh-huh. Because the fact that you can purchase these machines, the fact that you can, then you have to uh, make sure to play the engineers and stuff to create the resources to get those machines built or turned on. And then when do I turn my wheel? I really need that engineer but I really can't afford to turn that wheel yet because that machine isn't built and I don't want to lose it. Or there's gears in that next mm -hmm. spot that I don't want to lose. It's tough, yeah. <laughs> and, but it's, it's very thinky and it's, it's an easy think. Like you understand what's going on. You mm -hmm. understand I turn the wheel. This will happen. It's just, when do I want that to happen? <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And for me, I don't think I did well because Bert, who won the last game that we played, we've played a couple times now, basically rotated the wheel more often than I did. And I felt like I shouldn't rotate the wheel unless I could do something really cool. And that was a mistake 
Because early on, rotating the wheel is how you get your valuable engineers back into your hand to use again. And as I put it in our show notes, I think that set me up to overcomplicate my turn. Mm. Make it difficult on myself and always looking for that combo. Like, I want this one machine who gives me the ability to build a Chrome machine for free. I need to make sure that gets activated so that it's ready to go. But I need that Chrome machine. I need to have the right gears in place to get this other machine built. And so I was overthinking it a lot. Now, I I agree with you. I needed to be turning the wheel some more. I did also think it felt like it would take forever to accomplish anything. I was sitting there thinking, I'll never get enough chromes. I mean, chrome Mm. gears or medium gears or small gears. How will I ever do that? I don't want to give up this engineer because this other engineer that's really has a sweet action just popped up and I don't want anybody else to have it, but I need to copy the buying of it. And that gives up that engineer because none of Mm -hmm. the suits, my, our suits did not match up. If your engineer to buy gears was green, my green engineer, the higher level may have been the one that would go out and purchase engineers. Oh, that's a good point. Everybody's starter decks were different in Mm -hmm. the values and colors of suit. The engineers, they all did the same function, but just with different values and suits. So that does make it unique also. Also, the thing that was to me too, typically in engine building games, you get your engine built and it just runs the rest of the game. Not so here. You're Mm -hmm. constantly, constantly building and rebuilding and making making an engine, right? You don't have, my goal is to get this one engine. Okay, I guess you could somewhat with the chromium machines because they always stay in play. Mm-hmm. But the others that are around your wheel, you're constantly grabbing brand new ones to get into play. So you feel like your strategy is constantly changing on what machines you're going to get and use from turn to turn. One of the games we were playing, I had a chrome machine that said you can get a victory point when you complete a one-shot machine. Now, a one-shot machine, you have to build it. So as soon as I completed, it said, you complete that machine, move it down into the X, activate it, collect a victory point, collect whatever it gave you, and then, of course, discard it. And I was like, okay, oh, that, that's a combo. I can get going, you know? Yep. That's a combo. So I needed to work towards the engineers that would give me the gears that would let me take the one-shot machines, take the gears to build it, and you leverage that in the Chrome machine. And I, I felt like it was stalling on me. I couldn't get that good engine going. Move it, move it, move it. Right. So I was like, oh. And then some of those machines may require steam. So then you got to make sure you had the engineers to be able to heat up the water. And some uh, abilities gave you extra little water, nice little water tokens to put in to your boiler to give you more water to make more steam. There's a lot going on. I think it's very, very unique. I typically love engine building games. The thing is, though, after both of our games, we all felt and concluded one thing. It stayed on the table too long for all four of us. It's the same four of us that played every time we played, and we always felt like it was a tad too long. The game's end triggered when after a certain number of victory points have been claimed. So depending on the number of players, there's victory points in the middle of the table. And when you claim victory points, uh, the pool gets smaller and smaller. With four players, it was 36. We all felt like 36 points to claim made the game too long or either we're just really poor players. I wish Tony had been around 28 Mm. victory points to claim. And that probably would have cut 15 to 20 minutes off the game. And I think I would have been 
better there. Or maybe just four players, just too much for this game and three players, a sweet spot. Yeah, it could be. And once again, there were two different styles of victory points. There were green and then there were silver. And it was the silver that had to run out. Either certain machines gave them to you. Right. Um, some of the key ones were if you bought a Chrome machine, victory points would be placed on it. If someone bought a Chrome machine and it did not, it was not the last one, then that Chrome machine would get an additional victory point on it and an additional victory point on it, making it enticing it so that someone would take it into their factory. And so that was another way to get all those things. And I kept missing, how do I collect those? And I think that was one of the things that for me, I never discovered. And it may be there and I just missed it because I was so heavy into my machine and collecting the green ones. And mm-hmm. one and one other thing that's important is there's in victory conditions. Like if you have a certain amount of sets, if you've collected X amount of victory points, you get victory points. So you total all this up. Guess what? The one with the most victory points win. Yeah. And actually a good point on that. The bonus victory points at the end of the game, you actually got to take a one shot engine, build it, and then take that ability. So there's an engine that you use in order to claim one of those in-game victory point conditions. Yeah. And that machine irritated me because it made one of my good engineers defect. One of my educated engineers, he had to defect. He left the machine. He was a corporate spy. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because actually to even claim that, you must discard an engineer that you'd claimed earlier, not one of your starter ones. No, one of your special ones, one that you actually Mm -hmm. put under contract you paid for his education. You gave him a tuition reimbursement, and then he left. What kind of crap is this? What kind of? Pfft, I'm not real happy with him. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to put a negative review on his LinkedIn. I'm going to say something. Can you do that on LinkedIn? I don't know. So corrosion for me. It's a thinky game, hard yep. thinky game, easy to overcomplicate for me. Is it one that I would put back on the table? It take a little bit. It would take a little convincing especially until we can figure out the the winning game. I think it's something that if you keep getting on and on and on, kind of, I feel, sometimes I think of it terraforming Mars, nothing against terraforming Mars, but people who play that game constantly know how to make that game move. I think mm. the same thing would apply here for corrosion. Those that know the machines know the very sweet combos. They would go out and decimate new players. That's just my initial read of it on how how this game may flow out because it is gathering resources to generate your victory point. So our first game was four player. The box says it takes 60 to 120 minutes. It took us forever. It took us over two and a half hours. Second game, we said, okay, we'll be faster. It still took a little over two hours to finish. Again, uh, we talked about, Tony, all of us were sitting there going, how could we have claimed those uh, silver victory points, which is the pool of victory points that must be diminished in order to trigger the end of the game. How could we claim those quicker? Aside from the fact that you claim one of those victory points every time you do a full rotation of your wheel. And the only thing we could think of was, well, you, you just got to claim those chromium machines that have the victory points on them. But however, here's the kicker, right? Those, uh, there's, you only have three chromium machines running at a time. And if you cover up one of your existing machines, you lose that ability. So you may have had this sweet combo going on, mm-hmm. right? But it's like, I need those victory points. But when you do, you'll lose the thing that was underneath it, which breaks the engine that you have just maybe spent several turns building out to get it to run. Right. It's an engine building game that must constantly 
have new engines built over the course of the game. It's not like I'm going to get this one big engine built and then that satisfaction at the end. It's constantly little machines that are running as a goal to try to grab as many victor points as you can. Just understand that you may start out with a little nice little running machine, but it's going to go away eventually and you have to start all over again with another machine right behind it. Or what I mean by that, machines running together right behind it to make something efficient to get you the victory points. To me, I think the mechanisms are really interesting. I haven't seen anything done like this where the engines just kind of go away uh, over time. I wish the in-game trigger would have come sooner in all the games that we played. That is Corrosion, Stefan Bauer, Capstone Games. On my side, it's one of these games where you're going to have to spend some time understanding the various combos and unique abilities of all the cards to get the full strategy out of this game. If it's something that you like, want to get on the table, fast, quick play, I don't think it's there for you until you have a good, solid group. And that's one of those things. It's one of those that keeps hitting the table, keeps hitting the table. Your group will go through it very quickly. Once again, Corrosion, Stefan Bauer, Capstone Game. Five minute initiative begins in three, two, one. Hey y'all, it's time for another solo five minute initiative. I want to tell y'all about this dungeon crawler that I've been checking out. It's called Mini Rogue. The designers are Paolo Stefano and Gabriel Gendron, and it's published by Nuts Publishing and was sent to us by Ares Games. This is a dungeon crawler that's built around a deck of cards and you could play solo or cooperatively. In this game, you're gonna play as either a priestess, a mage, a crusader, or a rogue, each one with different abilities. And you're gonna be trying to, well, go dungeon delving deep into a dungeon in order to try to face a big boss at the very end of the dungeon. The dungeon consists of four levels, and the levels are nothing more than a set of nine cards laid out on a grid in a three by three grid. You start the area in the upper left, you flip over the card, and you resolve the card. After that, you've revealed the card to the right and the card to the bottom, and you move to one of those. You keep doing that till you work your way down to the bottom right card, and at the end of each floor, you're going to have to face like a mini boss as you work your way toward the big boss at the end. And it's just like in classic dungeon crawling games like Diablo, etc. You go into a dungeon, you have some equipment, uh, you'll go into certain rooms. Each of the cards represent a room. It could be a trap where you have to resolve a skill check in order to see if you get by the trap or a monster that you have to fight. Might be a merchant that you can spend some gold and get some additional abilities like potions or maybe a bonfire to heal up. And you have all these resources that you have to manage over the course of the game, such as like gold and food. Only being able to carry two potions that can do different things like deal fire damage like immediately or poison where it's a, a dot damage over time type potion. But most of the encounters with all these cards have to deal with doing maybe some sort of skill check or doing an actual attack. So you have a couple different types of dice. You have dungeon dice and your character dice. You only start out with one character die. Five or a six is usually a success. For a skill check, you hit that success, you resolve the card. So for example, on a trap card, you're gonna roll the dungeon dice and your character dice. On a success, you get some sort of reward. Yay, you avoided the trap. But if you fail, you look at the value of the dungeon die and you take some sort, maybe some sort of damage or something happened to you. When you go into battle, you fight the monster back and forth until you knock down all their HP to zero or 
They may knock all your HP to zero, which immediately ends the game. So the game has very much of a roguelike feel. To, ah, mini rogue, I get it. Has a roguelike feel to it, to where you're going to play the game, and if you die, reset, play again. What's nice is though, is when you get to the end of a level, you take up all the room cards that you just used, shuffle them to the room deck, and set out a whole new level. So every time you play the game, it's going to be random. Each level is going to be totally different. So it gives it a brand new feel. You could play as different characters. And I've found that this really does a good job of recreating of like going into a dungeon and like unlike a video game. Like I said, it had a, to me like a Diablo feel. I go into a dungeon, the deeper I go, the tougher the monsters get because the monsters attack and strength is based on whatever level that you're on. It has the stats on the cards telling you, you know, if you're on level two, you're going to take this much damage. Level three, you would take this much damage, etc. Usually when you beat a monster, you get XP. The nice thing is you gain XP at certain levels, you're going to be able to add another character die, which gives you a better chance chance of succeeding and dealing more damage, etc. So not only are the monsters getting stronger, but you should be getting stronger too. Now you can play each of these dungeons as like a standalone scenario, or there's actually a campaign in the book that you can play through. And when you get to the end of a chapter, depending on the result of how you did, you'll jump to another part of the chapter, but you can get abilities that you can use in the next game. So there's like a skill tree that you can apply to your character that will evolve over time. All this is done with a very small box with just a deck of cards and some cubes on your player mat to track the different resources that you have. It is a very, very clever dungeon crawling game and it's short y'all it only plays in like 30 to 45 minutes it's very easy to set up you pick your character you have your starting stats deal out a grid of three by three and you are often running this is one of those games that will just stay on my shelf as a as a quick solo game it's actually one of those i thought about i would take to uh work and leave my desk because the box is so small maybe during lunch i just pull it out it doesn't take up a lot of room on the desk and just play through it and see how well I do playing with the different characters or actually playing through the campaign itself. So this is a solid game from Nuts Publishing. And I know that there was a lot of other dungeon crawlers that are out there, but to me, the appeal of this is its simplicity. There's not a board that you got to deal with. There's not a big map. The map is generated just with cards and it's easy to track your stats on your player board and a lot of variability because every time you play, the way the levels come out will be totally random and the characters that you use to play could be different every time you play. So if this sounds interesting to you, this is out now. It's Mini Rogue from Nuts Publishing and was provided by Ares Games. Five minute initiative is complete. You know, Tony, for years we've been telling people, look, you need to make sure to subscribe to the newsletter for Miniature Market. Follow them on Twitter because you just never know when a big sale is going to hit. And just this past week, uh, before we recorded, a sale of board games up to 85% off. And it was ridiculous amount of items that were on sale. One thing that was on sale was the hunger which we just talked about. And it was all stuff like, was it 20 something dollars? Yes, it was. It was dirt cheap and it was gone 
instantly. You know why? Because we said it was so good. Is that you like that's probably why? It was, I know that's, that's why. Cause and, and it was gone quickly. Um, an 18x X game was on sale. I had it in my cart, and I'm like, do I really need to do that? Yes. Uh, oh, you? I didn't know this. You? Was it one of the like starter 18xx games? Yeah, it was the it was the uh, Australia one, and I I had it in my oh. cart. I was going to hit the button, and I said, oh, but. It's three hours. I'm not going to play three hours. Oh, what the hell? Play no sold out. Crap. Okay. I don't understand. Why can't we code stuff that if I put it in my cart, that it's going to stay there till I check out? If you want to put a little time, it's like, this is in your cart for five minutes. You got five minutes to check out or you're gone. I hate going through and it's like, okay, credit card, credit card. Hit purchase. Oh, sorry. It's gone. That's it. I, I'm sorry. Anyway, that's just a little gripe with me. So what else I getting back to? Oh, yeah. Make sure to follow, follow Miniature Market on social media, Facebook, Twitter. Subscribe to their newsletter because these big board game sales drop all of a sudden. We had no clue about this one. In fact, we've asked Miniature Market, Tony, can you give us a heads up on the sales? Like, to be honest with you guys, uh, you guys record like a week before your episode comes out. Sometimes we don't even know till a week before the sale is going to happen and it may be already too late. So... We try to keep you ahead of what's going on. Sometimes we know about the bigger sales, but this one we didn't know about. It was hot. It was popular. And there was it wasn't just junk that was on there. It was brand new games that were knocked off a lot. Big sales on it. So keep an eye on it, guys. Make sure to check regularly over at miniaturemarket.com. Every once in a while, we get offered keys to some switch games usually these are smaller like arcadey type games and stuff and lots of times i i, may, I don't go after those because a lot of times they're platforms and stuff like that but one tony stuck out to me as like okay this looks interesting we had mentioned before how much we loved the pokemon trading card game that was on the game boy uh mm-hmm. many years ago i loved loved playing that game it was one of those where uh, you play just like the pokemon game you have gym leaders you have to go around and beat them all etc that's kind of goal collect a lot of the cards there was a game that was also on the Neo Geo that was out in the 90s called uh, Card Fighters Clash. And it had two pools of characters, SNK and Capcom. And you picked which one you wanted to have. Did you have all SNK characters or all Capcom characters? That game has just now been released on the Switch. And what they've done is it's basically the exact same game, except they've merged the two pools of characters together. And I was offered that key. I said, that sounds really interesting. I want to try that. It's only like $8. It's dirt cheap. And I've started playing it and just having a blast with it. It gives me the feels, Tony, of the Pokemon trading card game. Nice. Uh, where When you start the game, you pick, do you want to start with the SNK deck or the Capcom deck? And as you play the game, you'll collect characters from both and build your own decks. But it's the same thing. You're going around to little tournaments. You're building out your decks. Uh, you're playing against opponents. If you win, they'll give you three free cards increasing your library to modify your deck to go fight gym leaders or try to win championships at events. And you try to win all, it's either six or eight events to finish the game. I didn't get that key. You got it first. You beat me to it. (laughs) I claimed it first. And the game is really solid. So on your turn, you're going to play a character card and it's in the one of three slots. You can only have three slots on the table to have characters. And when you play a character, it may generate what's called soul points. And you have these pool of points that you can use to play action cards that Mm -hmm. have a certain soul point cost to them. 
And uh, the characters also have like a value, which is basically their toughness and how much damage they do. So if their value is 400, it means they can soak up 400 damage, but also deal 400 damage. And at the end of each turn, you can choose to attack and the uh, opponent can choose to block or either take direct damage to themselves. They start out with 2000 health points. If they ever get to zero, you lose the game. So a lot of the strategy is, well, I can only have three characters on at one time. And you can't replace the character until they're gone. The characters have special abilities. So the, the rules are really, really straightforward, but I'm just having a blast playing. You know, like a game will take five minutes. Hey, do you want to play a game with me? Talking to one of the NPCs. Yes, I do. Do I like to play? Oh, you beat me, but I see what your deck does. So I'll go in there and tweak my deck and add different cards to it and then go play them again, see if I can win his cards. It gives me the Pokemon feel that I wanted and I love it. Can you trade cards across people? Like if I were to get it? You cannot. Okay. <laughs> the only thing that I know, that's a shame. The only thing that you can do is you can play head to head with somebody where uh, it's like a pass and play sort mm -hmm. of deal uh, where they have their own access of cards. So somebody else could create an account on that same game and cross accounts. You can do things like have different decks and different cards and stuff, but there is no online play because the original game didn't have that. So they didn't add that in. It's literally the original game just with both code bases merged together. Well, you're in my wallet too much on the video games because let's see, I picked up, uh, what was it? Tales of Vespera because you said, Oh, yeah. look, it's on sale. Why don't you go get it? Oh, I bought it and didn't get a chance to play it to tell you to go buy it. But you know that I've got to play this right now. Nice. I got to use it again. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, once again, Fiverr. Um, <laughs> so Tales of Vespera, got to get it booted up. And I and then while I'm there, another game that I put on my watch list, by the way, I'm going to add this uh, Capcom SNK game on my watch list yep. and see, see about getting it as well. But then I've got another one I purchased because it was on sale and that is Stormbreaker, the Witcher Tales card game. Let me know what that is. That's on my my wish list. I will do that. It was um it was very cheap, so I said, you know what, I might as well get that. And then now somebody's back in my wallet, <laughs> wanting to know about Neverwinter Nights. I bought it. I, know I you bought, bought it. ten dollars. It's regularly fifty bucks. And so I was talking to a lot of people, and all the old D and day not D and day, all the old <laughs> D and D games are are available, like uh like Ice the old Morrowinds. Yeah, and all that's and Neverwinter Nights actually played many, 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 many years ago when it was on the PC. And this is the enhanced edition. I thought for ten bucks, here, here's ten dollars. I'll try that. Yes, I I played it on the PC as well. It's one of the first games that I played. I mean, played religiously. You know, every night mm -hmm. trying to go through it, and I forget how far I had gotten. And then I remember we got online with everybody else, and you can't do this, of course, on the Switch. And when they had a mod or something, we all did a D&D &D adventure. Mm -hmm. I remember that. And I had a character. I had a monk. And I had never done any of this. And I just said, well, what kind of character do I want? So I built this monk. And he got some special gear. And basically, a monk is nothing but a fist fighter, mm -hmm. a pugilist. And he was decimating people. And I was like, oh, okay, this isn't bad. And I'm looking forward to cranking that back up. You know, I was reading all of our Discord channel chat on that. And I'm like, you know what? Ice Wendell, all the rest of them. 
No, I, I just let's just go back to Neverwinter Nights. It'll be good to add in the collection, especially at this rock bottom price of nine ninety nine or whatever it's at right now. You better hurry up because I'm not sure when that goes off. Fourteen and days. Do we, do we know there's no online play? I don't know that. I just know you bought it, and that makes me buy it. <laughs> That's what this segment is all about. But a lot of other people did too. So I told my boys about it. And went, oh, just ten bucks. Let me get that too because they they also too that this is built based on uh third edition DD neverwinter nices and the others were based on advanced DD or second edition which i didn't know as well but also nostalgia so i i, I am there uh, with you in fact the discord is just dangerous with with the not dangerous actually very helpful uh, with all the information they provide uh, last year a lot of people in the tv show channel were talking about watching a show on hulu called only murders in the building and it has uh martin short steve martin and selena gomez mm-hmm. and uh, i thought oh okay well i like those two guys but they said well if vanessa doesn't like a lot of f-bombs there's like four f-bombs per episode it's like well that's nothing I know it's not, but she's, you know, anyway, she, she, she watches Lasso. Like she can handle this. Well, she stopped watching Lasso. Oh. She got through season. She got through season one. She said, I'm kind of done. <laughs> she said, I enjoy the show. But uh, anyway, uh, so we were sitting over on, on the couch f- trying to find something. I said, man, I've heard good things about this. Only murders in the building. She said, that's funny. I just heard something about good about it, too. I said, well, I know there's some F-bombs. She said, well, let's just try it. We were hooked. We went through all 10 episodes in three days. And she said, aside from the language, she said, this is like the perfect show for me. She said, I loved it. It's a good murder mystery. It's funny. So thanks to those in the Discord channel. Because of you, I tried it out. And Only Murders in the Building is a great show. And I look forward to season two later this year. So I'm going to try that out tonight with Donna after the football Mm -hmm. games. And I'll get, well, in our next episode, you and I can kind of geek on that, see if, see how well it went over here. I I mean, it may not be for everybody. So I know some people that watch like two episodes, it's like it didn't grab them. But Mm -hmm. do do you like uh, murder mysteries? Oh, we watch the Hallmark Murder Mystery Channel. Okay. Then then hopefully this will grab you uh, Mm -hmm. because that's that's what it is. And uh, the whole thing is it's, uh, just not giving anything away. The premise is, is it's about people who do a podcast about true crimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. there's yeah. a murder in the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. around? Yeah, Vanessa sitting around so I can say it. Woo-hoo. Okay. Ooh, yay. So, Super by easy. the way, she is she was hysterical in, in our last show, getting on you about things. Uh, you know, so that is, I know I'm not supposed to talk about, but there is an exit strategy for me. Just <laughs> you and her <laughs> she, doing a podcast she, uh, at your RV that you're going to purchase. And when you go live on your land somewhere she would do an rv in, in a second but she would not do a bi-weekly podcast in a second no 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 i was just glad when she agrees to do a segment every so often so two more things and then then we got we're running long here so um for me you may have some more stuff but number one we did that taste test of mountain dew spark yes i bought another case of it so i gave donna some yeah and she goes this is good oh she goes she goes, is this zero? And I said, yeah, this is Spark Zero. She goes, this tastes like my Mike's Hard Lemonade black cherry type that she enjoys so much. Mm. She just does mm-hmm. something like that. She's like, add a little vodka. I'm like, why are you doing that? Why are you mixing? <laughs> add a little vodka. Oh, I got to get a little 
want something else extra in there. I think I had a little extra. And I said, well, yeah, I could see this. I could see this. So she goes, is this one of those flavors that they're going to run out of? And I said, I don't know. Their, their plan is not to. I mean, they may discontinue it later. Like I hope they do ginger snapped. But so, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I have, by the way, when I picked up our next case of, uh, of spark they had plenty of ginger snaps in there going because nobody's buying this crowd this was the christmas flavor i'm sorry go ahead i'm sorry i just finally finished up voodoo here i finally finished my last can of voodoo been savoring it but anyway so yeah you just picked up another one our local grocery store buy two get two free four of them baby sitting on the <laughs> shelf ready to go <laughs> so good actually so good. i bought i bought uh what do we buy we bought that and major melon they had oh. another uh, Major Melon Zero Sugar. So, yeah, Spark is good. It's one of those I kept going back to. It's like, Vanessa, we got any uh, Spark left? Yeah. That's been one of my favorites so far. They even had Thrashed Apple there, too. I almost picked it up. But I said, no. Oh, no. I haven't seen Thrashed Apple. Yeah, it, they had Thrashed Apple on the, um, t- and that was that uh, Jolly Rancher Green Sour Apple that I enjoyed a yep. lot. But I'm like, yep. but Spark, Spark is just so clean tasting. It's refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's like Seven Up. Seven Up and Sprite's refreshing to me, and that's what this is. But it's frustrating now. My wife is getting into my Mountain Dew. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Stay out of my stash, woman. That's it. It's mine. <laughs> don't be liking my stuff. Go back to your Canada Dry. I don't need you in here. Go back to your Diet Coke. Is she talking to you? No, truck oh. just rode by and was honking. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? I, th- I thought she was yelling upstairs, I'll drink all the Mountain Dew I want. <laughs> Yes, you will, baby. Whatever you need to do. Uh, The tease I had from our portal announcement was the other big announcement was Mm. the fact that Ignacy is stepping down Mm. from from his position. I will mess this up completely. It looks like Gregory Paluka. I I know I'm so, it's not, that's not how you say it because there's a Z in there. There's two Zs. Gregory. I can't do it. I would, I've listened to Ignacy before we did the show and I just could not get it because he says it so fast, but he is taking over as the chief operating officer. So I was like, that's awesome for Ignacy. So happy for Ignacy. Mm-hmm. And then what makes it even better is this gives Ignacy the chance to design more incredible games. And then to hear what Ignacy talked to that, you know, I'm just going to call him Greg. What Greg, that's not fair of me. Uh, the new chief operating officer, how he moved through the company. That was impressive. That's how you work your way up, people. So basically, Ignacy just took all the boring stuff and dumped it on the new COO so he can go back to the fun stuff. That's, that's, that's kind of like me and rules. Yeah, that's a good summary. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm excited for Ignacy. And you could tell there's a, he, he's got a little bit lighter in his step. He's a little more giddy because he's getting back to what he wanted to do. You know, you start a company and it turns out very successful. You got to be in the everyday logistics and, and production and all that stuff. And being able to trust somebody that's come up through the ranks that he can hand those off to and know that everything's going to flow smoothly and he can get back to his passion of of evaluating games, designing games. I'm excited. I, I am excited for Portal and all that they're doing. I mean, you're talking about big, big companies that they're working with now to be able to uh, release games based on Dune and Batman. Wow. It's, it's just, I, I'm so happy for him. 
And I'm, I'm so glad he's associated uh, with this show because I feel that we got him to where he is today. No, I'm just kidding, Ignacy. I'm kidding, Ignacy, because I think he listens to this. I, no, he doesn't listen to this. No, no, <laughs> so amazing. Pronouncenames.com. There's something on Google for everybody on the internet. So nice. Good. Gosh. Okay. G as in go. J-E as in. Never mind. I give it up. Congratulations to him as the new COO. He's going to do an amazing job. And congratulations to Ignacy. And I cannot wait to see uh, what in the coming years you come up with, man. Because things like Imperial Settlers, Empires of the North, Stronghold, uh, it's all so good. And I can't wait to see other things like that from you, my friend. And, uh, And the other designers that you have in the company with you to make them all so good. So with that... Keep rolling dice and taking names. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Remember, 500 members on our Discord channel. That's what we're going for. That's not hard. I know people that have thousands of people in their Discord channel. Just come and subscribe. No, seriously, we have a lot of great stuff going on there. The link you can find on our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Can't wait to see you and talk to you in the server. Goja Gosh. Goja Gosh. Goja Gosh? No. Goja Gosh. Let me just download it off the internet and just play it here so people will know. Goja Gosh. Goja Gosh. Goja Gosh. Goja Gosh.